Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com. Aloha and welcome to another episode of the Rainbow Wrap-Up. Done. It's pow. It's over. 13 games in the book. Uh, we're going to reevaluate that San Jose game against Chevin Cordero or Chevin Cordero because I don't get to say that anymore. It was another kind of inconsistent day for the Bows. So we'll talk about that offense, defense. Um, we're going to talk about our trip because here at Hawaii Sports Fans, it's all about that fan experience and joy that comes from being with your friends and tailgating in particular, tailgating. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to end on a spicy note, you know, uh, topics that no one's really talking about. Whose opinions matter most in a group full of fans? And that has to do with white football as well. So you're going to want to stick around later in the show to hear about this because it might get a little juicy. The beginning of the off season, I think on this show, we're going to have a lot to talk about, to dissect, go back and, and look back on. But with that being said, I do have to bring on my boy. Start with, of course, our boy, Sean Iman. What's up, Sean? What's up, Wayne? What's up, Ryan? What's up, Warrior Nation? That's right. Ryan Sue joining us back in the house. Week two. What's up, Ryan? Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up, Warrior Nation? You know, recovering from another amazing trip. Uh, I love being able to take groups on tours and lead them. It's my 11th season. It's over 11 UH football seasons. Um, starting with Norm Chow's very first year. So this is the fourth coach that Hawaii sports fans has taken tours to follow. And, you know, it was hard sometimes in the beginning with Chow, but it taught me a lesson with Coach Chow that, yes, of course I always hope to win. I am that guy, but I set my expectations at a place to stay happy and enthusiastic for my group the entire tour, regardless of the final score of the UH game. Um, and that strategy has worked for many a years. Um, and this game as well against San Jose was one of those instances. But at the same time, the, what made the tour really fun and what's something you probably would have seen on, on Facebook because there are a lot of photos from it was tailgating. And that's something that so many people might have forgot about already in Hawaii because we simply don't do it anymore. And tailgating is such an essential part of the game. And at our tailgates that we have, we just make the most of that opportunity to spend time with with people to reunite with, you know, friends, loved ones that we only see at games, but also just to celebrate the culture that we have as Hawaii football. Well, Ryan was there with cool. us this past weekend in San Jose and he got to take that tailgate in. Uh, we had some dignitaries there, might I say, like Larry Beal, who is our local boy, but, um, nice. you know, on one of the number one um, news stations in the Bay Area as a sports anchor. So he actually shouted us out, our tailgate, our Hawaii sports fans tailgate. And shout out to our Mahalo Ma Candy and Josie, who did a lot of the groundwork there in San Jose for our tailgate to be successful. But our tailgate got a lot of press because we were right behind the stadium. Um, we were in a good position, got a lot of guests. Like we said, Larry Beal was there. Um, some members of UH um, administration and coaching staff actually passed <laughs> through as well. Um, so they, 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 they felt the vibe too. Um, Were they taking notes though? I, I definitely hope so because it was amazing. I mean, clearly, you know, the school liked it. They posted on their Facebook page um, about all of our tailgating action. And, and I'm glad they did because it really was. That's where the happiness and joy and pride of, uh, of warrior spirit was. Um, Ryan, just your assessment of our tailgate and what memories of that day do you still have? It's actually kind of cool because I, I hopped in an Uber to get um, down to our tailgate and I was able to pass a few different ones as well. And just seeing the nice little groups. And then, you know, I think ours was the fourth one that I saw down the road. Um, but yeah, there was plenty of food. Shout out to everyone who was cooking until I think three or four in the morning, making sandwiches and bees. I know uh, people brought Manapua from San Francisco. Um, you know, Wayne got his favorite Rainbow Rice Krispies. So if anyone <laughs> I wants got to a send, whole band from my special request. Yeah, that's, that's, his, that's his favorite. So if anyone yeah. wants to, you know, send Wayne gifts <laughs> uh, for Christmas, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, so much food. Uh, you know, we had coffee there. There were energy drinks. 
um, adult beverages, we'll call them. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a blast. There was a, there was a ton of people, uh, a lot of players' families that we you know got to see. Um, some from the opposing team as well. <laughs> but you know, the uh, Pinocchio's parents were there. Of course, Shevin's parents uh, showed up for a little bit. Yeah, uh, shout out to Shevin's parents who spent a lot of time <laughs> there with us, and we miss them. They're such yeah. great people. Um, Leon and Kelly, uh, Shevin's parents, are really super cool people. It is interesting, obviously, to have opposing. You know that that that's not abnormal, but that connection is that's never been. And in other teams, it could be awkward. You know, it could be. Yeah. There's a but it's obviously not with us. Like local right. people are local people, and that was cool, right? Yeah. Well, they were wearing UH stuff at that point, right? I saw the pictures. They were in UH gear before the game. Cordero's Weren't mom they? was. Yeah. His, his mom was. But yeah, I got to spend some time with, you know, Shager's parents as well, his sister, and his, I think it was his grandmother as well that was with them. Mm-hmm. So they flew out from Dallas, got to talk with them for about 10, 15 minutes, which is pretty cool. I decided, you know, I wasn't going to go at 7.30 in the morning like everyone else did. And, you know, props for them for setting up, but I wasn't going to make it for five hours tailgating um, at like, what was it? 43 degrees that morning. <laughs> it was cold in the morning, but by the time, like the, the bulk of people started getting there two to three hours before game time, like it got to maybe it was warm like, it up. Yeah. Maybe low sixties. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I had my, took my jacket off and my polo underneath and you know, it was good to go. You know, Stevie and Joel, uh, yeah. Candy, Josie, all of them just, um, yeah, it was fantastic. Yamamoto's, uh, yeah, you know, shout out to Yamamoto. Well. So, yeah, shout out to all the people that Auxiliary has supported. I mean, this is something that for us has been a reunion, like we said, every time. And it's really cool, I think, to have. And to all those on the mainland or on the continent, you know, we, we love seeing you guys. We love to be able to interface and talk story because that that is really what makes our tailgate so different is our culture is so vibrant and live, especially with the people on the mainland. Um, I mean, Ryan was that for a long time before he came back home and now he's not mainland anymore, I guess. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. That's when you see um, Hawaii people together, there's that synergy, there's that love. And we took over that area. That was, that was kind of the, I would call it like the main tailgate because right behind the stadium in the lot that, right next to, I guess, where the players parked even. So there's a lot of overlap yeah. with family. And Hawaii mm-hmm. was large. Our, our contingent was was very large. And um, you can see photos on ESPN as well. But, I mean, it's it was such a great event because, you know, that's all we need. All we need is a place to park. That's, what this, that's the great mm-hmm. thing about tailgating. It, that's all it requires yeah. is a place to mm-hmm. park. And that is strangely not something that is we are capable of doing it's, at it's a gaping hole in our program it's an experience that our fan base is missing out at at home games and it's it stings like i'm so jealous of what i saw and it's it makes me sad it makes me sad too i mean it makes me want to use it as a talking point and for hawaii sports fans to get more people to come on tours but it also makes me sad because <laughs> You guys are missing out so much. And because we're like, so good at it. We are so good at it as Hawaii, as Hawaii program, as Hawaii people, as Islanders. We are just good at tailgating. I mean, perfect. we really are. We have the just the best food, mm-hmm. honestly. But in Hawaii, there's just something that is different because we infuse it with culture and food that's probably more diverse than any other foods in the country. Um, mm-hmm. But it used to be something that was a part of the Saturday experience for all of Oahu because you would see the plumes of smoke in the air as you drew through, drove through Halava. And that's just so sad that those days are over. But UH administration, this is me getting down on my knees and begging you bring back <laughs> tailgating, like for the love of God. Well, they were there. They they saw it. They yeah. saw the tailgating uh, action themselves. Um, Dave Matlin came by our tailgate as well. So he's who? Like, um, oh. That guy that you know oh. runs the whole program, yeah. picks everything. Okay. So maybe we can oh. talk about him later or something. <laughs> and here's the thing too, like you know, with our tailgate leading by example as well, right? Like I don't know if you guys saw that Instagram story I posted at the end, but they cleaned up so well. Like we left nothing. We had that one trash can with a little bit of trash. We took care of everything as we left. Yeah. You know, and so you're saying how, like, you know, you're like the Japanese soccer fans. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we have tailgating, <laughs> I can't guarantee everyone in Hawaii is going to play nice and, you know, take care of it. But generally, Hawaii people will take care of their space. You know, they're not going to leave a bunch of trash just blowing around. They pick up after each other. 
you know, well, the same I thing know. That we try to do on, <laughs> yeah, on hikes mm-hmm. and beaches and, yeah. you know, Sean's yeah. done multiple beach cleanups with me. That's what we do. Right. And it's not just, uh, you know, we're not always doing it to show off or, Oh, we posted this or this, or, you know, we're doing it because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, but I was also just really proud to, you know, I took that photo before I hopped in the car and Wayne, I was like, you know, it's, it's like expected of us, right. I'm like, Hey, this is how we leave it. And, and hopefully that's the goal. If, if, and, or when our administration sure. lets us tailgate next year, right. Hey, this is an example of what Hawaii people do. You know, if we have an opportunity in the parking garage or on top or yeah. something like that, you know, we're not going to, hopefully, you know, we're not going to leave dozens of bottles, you know, and, and paper and, you know, napkins rolling around or any of that stuff. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes next year, right? Yep. No, you're right, Ryan. You're completely right. And that's a great point is that if, 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 if the administration is reticent or apprehensive about allowing this, this annual college football story tradition to go on and then within this college football program, then look no further than the fact that your own fans have proven to be very, um, you know, they, to be conscious of the fact that they should clean up after themselves Akamai. and they should be safe and be Akamai. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, we're trying to stay using verbiage that, you know, the president and they, those guys can understand. So, uh, we cannot, <laughs> you can only use it. <laughs> Have we reached the Hawaiian word limit? Yeah, the Hawaiian word limit has been surpassed. Uh, Akamai, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. There, there's Pilau. They, they got Pilau, though. They got Pilau, Sean. Right. If we need to, there's a book on Amazon. It's called Pitching to the Max, and we will send a copy to whoever needs it. So, if you want to grow your fan base and get 7,000 more additional season ticket holders into your expanded building how are you going to do that and my best answer to that is for the love of god bring back tailgating yeah it is it is the best chance and 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 not only is it the best chance it's of it's extremely affordable chance because mm-hmm. you're just trying to access space and if the problem yeah. is yes maybe you need to bring in a few porta potties but we can charge a lot. I mean, so our parking was 50 and they raised it to like 75 once they started getting uh, less. Yeah, it was 100 a day, the day before. Yeah, okay, the day before is 100. Yeah. So we got in early because that's what we do. We think about things ahead of the game um, and we do it all the time. That's, so we know what to expect. Those kind of places become packed really quickly. You, you're going to maximize profit right off the bat, especially if you're raising prices dynamically bad. San Jose is Ticketmaster. That's who they really are in disguise, apparently. Um, but really, that's that's how you're going to maximize revenue. That's at the end of the day, UH needs to maximize revenue. And when you are still guaranteed your own salary, and that's not being affected, and this is in general, I'm not talking about UH, but kind of I am. Then of course you're not going to be worried about bringing in additional revenue streams or not not really stressing about it. I don't see stress. I don't see, and by stress I mean urgency, because. Um, for the rest of us lay people from the outside, it seems pretty obvious that the revenue stream has gone very dry of, you know, flow. So what's the issue is UH has to diversify and find ways to get additional streams of income. And one way is right. those game day activities and something like tailgating where you can justify, you can justify $75 parking way before $75 pay-per-view, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah. That's justifiable. $75 pay-per-view is not justifiable. That is an egregious amount to charge fans. $75 for parking is high. Yes, I agree. But you can justify it in the right means. And people are willing to pay $75 that day if they were going to pay $100. And you bet San Jose was going to fill that stadium, that parking lot, because they're trying to build there. And the thing is, too, they're building. They're growing. They're building off a championship, a 2020 Mountain West championship that they just got as well. So they have some momentum and that's what you do with momentum. You start to put it into your projects. So UH has to find a way to build its own momentum because, you know, we're not going to get it from a they, championship. They can think. sell that through e-ticket Hawaii. If they got Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. we got e-ticket Hawaii, right? No, no, but they I'm can. saying San Jose itself, they're selling it from word of mouth, like changing their own prices kind of a thing too, even over the Oh, phone. I like see. They, they were like, oh. oh, hey, guys, only got a couple oh, stops left. Okay. Double the price. I'm like, okay. And people are just like, sure, I'll pay, yeah. I'll take three. Because that's how you that's how you make money, right? Shortage. 
That's the that's the key to economics. Supply and demand. It's, it's yes. basic so, economics. So a shortage is always good for them, right? It's to make your scarcity. Scarcity is what. But UH, even with scarcity, and we saw it in the first game, right? Scarcity, given that people were so mm-hmm. hyped. We hyped people for nine months. Two-thirds of Rainbow Wrap-Up was caught in that cloud nine as well of hype. And the whole world thought everything was going to change the day the Chang Gang and Brotherhood era began. And while it's a great start, and we're going to talk about that because I, I don't think, I think there's a lot of positives we have. The fact is nobody was willing to admit that this was going to be a hard year. And the fact is because of that, they weren't prepared to be able to retain the fans they had that first game. They went all mm-hmm. out. And blew their mm-hmm. load on the first game. And we're going to keep mm-hmm. that reference in there because it's apt. And that did not allow them to be able to sustain for the rest of the year. They brought out right. the green. They had hype. They brought out the green. They mm-hmm. had all the trucks. And then it just mm-hmm. deflated. Nothing was the same since that Vanderbilt game. Never. The, yeah. the, 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 the game, the atmosphere got worse from day one. Like you said, Sean, we don't have tailgating. We don't have those things that make college football fun. That places like San Jose that aren't traditional power. I mean, yes, they are traditional. San Jose is a traditional power in 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 their sports, and they have a Bay Area tradition for sure. But obviously, in terms of our conference mates, we should be at the top of the Mountain West and Big West. We should be near the top of everything. Experience, fan experience, should be one of them. With that being said, uh, we had some special guests. So I'm gonna shout out Diana and. And Russell, who came with us and Hawaii sports fans, that was their first trip with us. And they had their cousins, who they got to spend some time with in the Bay Area also. And one of them was wearing a Timmy Chang jersey. And she, at the end of the game, um, got to go on the field. And talk to him with the help of Hawaii sports fans. So Ryan and a lot of us were hollering. And Ryan finally got, you know, Matt um, to um, come over. And Matt got Timmy. And, you know, um, Timmy immediately so... I pick up the girl and then I'm lowering her. So Timmy's like, well, how far down do you think she is? he is? Like maybe six feet. It's not like, it's not it's like not that much. Yeah. It's a drop. But it's not, yeah. it's not super high. I wouldn't call it a drop, but it's definitely right. kind of a drop. So I grab her and I have her and I'm holding her on the other side. And this is the point at UNLV where she's really high at the old stadium. This is where Fuchsia jumps. If you guys saw that old video, but it's kind of like that where it's like a fence and a wall. So I got her over the fence. So she's gripping the fence. And Timmy Chang is like, give me to her. Give me, give me her. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying, but she won't let go. So I'm like trying to pull her off because she's like clenching. I'm like, girl, right. I'm, I'm lowering you to Timmy Chang. Don't worry. He's going to get you. I'm, mm-hmm. I promise he'll get you. Um, and, you know, she's like, I don't know what, eight, maybe nine, ten, maybe. Uh, younger than, yeah. Yeah. I, no, she yeah, might seven, be eight, like ten. Because no, she was kind of. Uh, yeah, she's maybe seven, eight, nine, but you know, yeah. she was definitely timid as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. once she got in the field with him, I mean, it was really cool and a kind of a special moment for him as well, like to see his own jersey, especially in that moment too. And you know, he was consoling his team when he's got to be a little bit upset, a little bit embarrassed, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because it's not an easy moment. But it was cool. I think it. I think it gave him a um, a, something positive after the game, and he posted it on his Instagram as well. Um, and he's signing um, his the jersey that she's wearing. And something as special that I hope is okay that I share as well is that, um, you know, that was she was wearing the jersey of her cousin that had passed as well, who loved Timmy Chang. So, and that cousin would have been on our tour with us as well, had he not passed, which is really um, something that is crazy that I only found out in that moment because Deanna told me that as well. Um, so there was a lot of tears being shed as well in that moment. So it was really incredible and really something to me, I'm always going to remember, but those are the special moments that, um, you know, the, it doesn't like the, the score and all those things didn't matter anyway. It, it really didn't matter to me this whole season. Um, I was actually more happy than sad probably this whole year. I was probably the most depressed after the Duquesne game. And I was like, okay, come on guys. <laughs> but I mean, even after Michigan, I mean, Ryan and I were there in Ann Arbor and, we weren't unhappy at all. We were like, okay, well, it's another game, guys, next week. You know, yeah. like, but the thing is when you can have these golden nuggets of joy that come out of it like that, that's pretty cool. And it definitely 
was something that I didn't expect. And I don't think Ryan or any of us expected because it was even more, there was so much deeper meaning to that. So really cool moment. I'm going to have to share that video um, on our, on our Instagram. So it's a good time to drop HI sports fans at HI sports fans on Twitter and Instagram, (laughs) HI sports fans.com. But um, that was a really cool moment. Another moment that a fan was able to have that experience that will last forever. And I think for Timmy, it'll be an experience he remembers for a long time as well, because I think it's really cool. I don't know if you guys saw it kind of related. No, the world cup um, press conference, the Netherlands head coach, who is like a really stern guy and everybody like um, is kind of scared of him. Cause he's kind of like really, you know, brutish as well. And there was a Malawian or like African reporter who was really young, who said, I don't really have a question. He was a reporter and said, like, I just want to tell you coach, like, I really loved you as a player. And like, he started like almost crying and saying like, wow, how special it was. Cause he's like, no one ever talks about him being a player. They only remember him, you know, being this like stern coach, this like guy that's really, and so it really like softened him. And he asked the guy to hug him after. So the guy like, this random reporter and have him hugged and it was cool. I, it was kind of like that. I think for Timmy, like just like the recognition that he is somebody that's going to always be special to our program. Anyway, just like Nick Rolovich, which is a name I have to bring nice. up as well because Nick Rolovich <laughs> is there too. He was there at the game at San Jose. Um, he was there. Kiel Monte, who was on the 2017. Um, he was at our tailgate as well and sat with coach Rolovich and, um, so we know that he, he was spotted at the snack bars, I guess, during as well. So I tried to call him. If you got a random 808 number, Nick, um, jolly old St. Nick, um, as we would, because people are calling him Nick. And me and Future are like, who's Nick? And we're like, oh, Rolo. And I was like, oh, wow. All these people on first name basis with him. Um, but yeah. it was cool to see him there as well. He was wearing a UH uh, yeah. clothes as well. So, And as he should, because he is UH first. That's where his school. Um, he's his alma mater. He was a quarterback mm-hmm. in one of the greatest yeah. games. In the history of Hawaii football and the record oh, yeah. game, eight touchdowns in one game. I mean, how crazy is that? Um, Nick Rolovich did that. Though. You know why? Because he could go through a progression and get oh, to a yeah. second and third <laughs> read. I'm just going to say that right now. And that leads us into <laughs> shot report card. <laughs> Cue ante. <laughs> All right. Rainbow Warrior report card at San Jose State Spartans. I got uh, offense, C-. minus. They scored 14 points. A lot of the wide receivers dropped passes. It was very frustrating. Uh, defense, I gave a C. Special teams, I gave a C. Coaching, I gave a C+. Plus. I, I felt like they left a lot of plays out there. Like, and the coaching, couldn't, they were in the right place. They just didn't catch the ball. So I, well, I think it's okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go, no, yeah, no. go ahead. Well, go specifically ahead. there were some coaching, there were some coaches, let's say, whereas whose names are being tossed around in the stands there at San Jose, for sure. When you talk about leaving a few plays out there um, and we're just going to yeah. say it, um, shoemaker. Um, oh. So I don't know if you're referring to him in anything, okay. but you may be, but Ryan had a few things to say. Let's say it. <laughs> <laughs> ultimate warrior. I got Logan Thomas. That dude reminds me of Jeff Bulbrick. Just his demeanor. He's a you know big big dude. I, I the guy's balled out the second half of the season. Oh, Logan Taylor. Look, yeah, Logan. Yeah, Logan yeah. Taylor. I'm sorry. Uh, projected win total for next season. I got 14. We went undefeated. No, there's no question in my mind. Uh, so many balls went through the fingers of the wide receivers. It's a game of inches. So. That's my report card. <laughs> we came out on the short side of a lot of it this year. Yeah. But if, if, if I can uh, expand on that, like I felt like this game was kind of a microcosm of the, the season itself. We kind of underperformed on offense. It was really herky-jerky. The defense would bend, but it wouldn't break. I felt like they played well enough for us to win, but the offense just didn't deliver the points. You know, they didn't make enough plays to – to, you know, to take the game over. And I just feel like we were never like out of it, but we were never really into it either. And I just felt like that was kind of the the vibe of the whole season. We were close, but yet so far away. That was just my observations. Well, I think that's fair. Um, so <laughs> what's, what's Ryan got to say 
um, to those grades, pretty average grades. And it goes back to part of that coaching that you were saying with Shoemaker. It just on offense, it felt like or on we coaching. Just, well, know, he's getting C plus on coaching. Sorry about that. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to read. I don't want to. But because he gave C minus on offense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and here's D+. the thing. So you're you're coaching along with the offense goes hand in hand, right? Because you know Shoemaker's calling the plays. And yep. for him, I don't think that he was giving our offensive players opportunities to really shine. I think that there was a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we're too timid. We're trying to do all these little, you know, jet sweeps and these short passes out. And, you know, outs and stuff are, are tough for quarterbacks to do, right? I yeah. mean, Shager's got a decently strong arm, but you keep throwing outs and all. We, we barely attacked the middle of the field at all. You know, they ran too high cover, you know, two, two safeties all game and didn't really try to push one of them, you know, one side or the other, try to, you know, work with any of that. And, you know, there is, it goes back to when we were trying to come back. Right. And, you know, I think I was talking to Wayne about this when we were eating dinner that night, we had first and goal and then we just went backwards and we tried to run it twice when time was super important. You know, I mean, I'm obviously not an offense. I'm not a coach. I'm not a high school coach. I'm not a college coach, but if I'm looking at that and I've got time going, you get one run with Parsons and maybe he gets it in because it's first and goal in the two. And after that, you need to be throwing. Because we went backwards, we we went we went, but we lost three yards the first one, then five the second, and then all of a sudden we're third and goal from the ten, and then mm-hmm. we threw two away, and then you know turnover on downs. And not to say that that was like the game right there, but that was a big but deal. It was. Right? We're trying yeah. to yeah, you know, but you know you have the whole first half that you can talk about. You've got a missed field goal, which you know we we missed the forty three, then hit the fifty one, which it's a kicker. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens. Um, you know, he's not a Justin Tucker, even though Justin Tucker missed his 67 yarder this week to, uh, he, he Baltimore could have beat the Jags. <laughs> um, but yeah, you look at all these things and, and this is the difference between, you know, a, a three and 10 team, a 500 team, a team that's 10 and three and, you know, your top 10 in the country, right? It's all the little plays. Uh, you know, it's a small stuff too. I think we went, you know, we went three and out so quick on that first drive. Right. It was like third and four or no third and seven. And we've got a tight end running a four yard out. And it's like that, that that's that's what I learned in middle school. Like if you've got <laughs> third and seven, you're running a seven or eight yard, you know, route yes. because you're getting that first down. And I'm not, you know, trying to knock on Caleb Phillips because you know the play is probably designed a certain way. You know, I didn't see maybe there's a blitz, you had to cut it early, whatever it is, right? But like first game bro. All those things, yeah. But all those things are are one on coaching and two on offense because, you know, you should know it as a player at the same time your coaches should have, you know, if they don't see those things from you coming out of high school, those need to be taught. Granted, I get it. You know, we can go back, right? Short spring, not a whole lot of summer. Everyone's yeah. learning each other. The coaches, you know, met their first time in February or March or whenever it was. Like, you know, it's it's everything got accelerated super fast. But, you know, to me, a lot of those things that you see – that have been figured out when these players and coaches, you know, a decade ago in middle school and high school, if not earlier. So, but yeah, I think defense did, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, defense did fairly well. Uh, I was, we were pretty surprised, you know, we came up with a pick, so we were plus one in turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, offense didn't turn it over, which is, you know, good, a little surprising, but good. Um, you know, I, I think that with, yeah, the defense really held when they needed to, and we came up with some stops. Uh, you know, San Jose is a team that puts some decent points on the board week in, week out. And holding them to, you know, 27 was a little bit less than average, which, you know, for our defense is a good thing. You know, and we you, gave know, you know, Shevin wanted to bury us. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, there, there are some times that, you know, they went for, what was it, two field goals, right? And I just thought that he wanted to go. Like, he was kind of like that last guy off the field, like, hey, coach, yep. let me go for it a fourth down. Um, I was surprised. I figured Chevron was going to run a little bit more. Uh, but they do have a really good running back. Uh, I was pretty impressed with him. I mean, great speed, was able to cut. Uh, but, yeah, I just, you know, we we held Chevron. Uh, maybe we held Chevron a little bit better on defense. I know Wayne and I were talking a little bit with our two safeties. Whenever we got, when we were playing in the red zone on defense, we just didn't do anything with our safeties. Like they just sat there and, and, you know, Wayne was using our favorite quote, right? Do something. Remember mm-hmm. like that all next year, <laughs> but they literally, like, if you look at tape, you know, you, you have to have a quarterback slide because it's seven. He's a running quarterback, but 
They yeah. sat there on a, a lot of those plays. I mean, we were talking about that in the first quarter, right? Yeah, that's they not did that was Brian, but they did yeah. blitz. I right. did see them. Yeah, blitz. but there are like times that the corners are sitting there in dead no man's land, like commit right. to yeah. one. And right. like they would. And that's why it's like, it's just easy to just like send them. And we're like, we said, we're not coaches, but if you right. can't choose hot or cold, you can't be lukewarm in that instance. You got to go <laughs> all out. Turn and, it off. And we got caught yeah. and Shevin can see it himself. He's a really smart guy, but it's yeah. 11 versus 11. There should be one-on-one. Everybody should be knowing, right. you know, right. um, but you know, that's, like I said, like, like, like Ryan said, you know, there's, there's a lot of just little things that probably are what kept the big things from happening really mm-hmm. or allowed bigger things to happen for San Jose that perhaps um, allowed them to just be one step ahead the whole game. I mean, I never felt that we were ever really in the game, to be honest. I just felt like um, I felt the know, same way they're yeah. better and we would have yeah. to be, we would need the extra plays, but I mean, we did get one more turnover, but I mean, ultimately that wasn't enough. I mean, San Jose could run effectively as well. And that's something that they knew that we were susceptible. Our defense was susceptible to allowing. And I think they, you know, ran a lot of the game plan that we would have done previously when we had a running game that could set the pass, which was a, a passing game that was effective. But right now it's like we, you know, we don't, we don't, we can't run teams off the school, off the, off the field like, like we could in the past. And we rely on our defense so much. And they, they still put up, like you said, Sean, you gave them a good, decent score, but um, you know, like we, we have to put so much more onus on them and it's hard because they are a really decimated bunch. They really lost so much over the off season. Um, Panay has had to Pavihi and has had to up his workload and, you know, lucky yeah. guys like Logan um, have emerged but it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, the personnel is tough. Like it, so. <laughs> they I, did, they did improve. They did. Over the season, like from what yeah, we saw. I would agree with that. Against uh, Vanderbilt, you know, to what mm-hmm. we saw at the end of the season, they, they vastly improved. Like, yeah, especially in Mountain West play. They, uh, outside of the Fresno State game, they were in every single game, so. But yeah, you're right. So, and that's something that is a positive. And when we look back on the season, I think for a lot of us, like Sean and I, we predicted four wins, which we both admitted was being optimistic, but still <laughs> in the in in the in the realm of, and to me, I, I mean, a range is better. And to me, the range yeah. for me was two to seven. Like I could see us legitimately well, yeah. winning seven games or only winning two. So to be a three is not bad, but I think we had four games at least absolutely yeah. that we could have won at least four games so i would mm-hmm. say that that was a solid range um which which would have been asking a lot i mean you know anything above five to me would have been uh, would have been really kool-aid would have been <laughs> no i mean no for coach chang would have been really positive oh, i would have right. said like wow okay good like we yeah. are on the right track and i'm not saying we're not right now but you know, three is a solid number, I would say. I don't know what you guys would say, but I, I mean, I think Coach Chang deserves another year back, in my opinion, after the three. Not that he was going anywhere, but I think three wins certainly keeps him from feeling heat, at least. You know what I mean? Because he did have to deal with so much in the offseason. We agreed with that. Um, but um, we also didn't know that Reno was going to be so bad and UNLV was going to be so so bad mm-hmm. and Duquesne was going to be so bad yeah. and honestly Wyoming Utah State and Colorado State three other teams that are also pretty bad and they beat us mm-hmm. um so that's that's uh, like we said um this is a wash year but better than Owen 13 for sure yeah it wasn't so much about us being like god awful I think the Mountain West kind of came back to us like the Mountain West was really bad this year which kind of made it possible for us to kind of, you know, be a mid mid tier team in the, in the West. So I'm wondering though, with the power rankings, um, if we finished eighth, they're the same as last week. Yeah. Eighth, eighth within Mm -hmm. the conference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those are just subjective anyways, but I'm saying like RPI, I don't know what the best is. There's no football. I don't believe there's no RPI. I don't think Um, so. But, you know, I would be interested in given like now with the opponent's strength of schedules being factored in where we were 
um, you know, overall. But I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I don't think we were the worst team in FBS. We are uh, we not. Might, we're probably in the bottom 25, I would say for sure. Okay, yep. for sure we're in the bottom yeah. 25. We're probably in the bottom. We're probably, it might be in the bottom 10, but I feel like I feel better than the fact that we started off the year and we were the uh, uh, kind of a joke and always there yeah. at the one too, which I never thought we deserved to be at. But, you know, it, it we we certainly didn't make it easy on ourselves by letting drama out into the public as well which compounded people's expectations or, you know, of our team. Yet at the same time, those of us who are close to the program um, as fans in particular, you know, we have a good assessment of where we should be as a team. And I think we can say, you know, um, we, we, we don't, we don't feel too bad. I don't think feel too bad. I don't feel amazing about next year, but I also am not, I also know that this coaching staff, Ha, can improve, but I do believe that they may need to change personnel and the staff as well going forward. Just but will because, they? Uh, will they? As I don't know. But. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, oh. If you guys do care, there is a there's an FPI for college football. Okay. And we are 129 out of 131. Oh, jeez. Oh, um, gosh. Okay. We are the worst, but we are definitely probably somewhere in the bottom 10. And those do take into effect. Yeah you know, strength of schedule. So, you know, yeah. that the point is we had lower expectations. We, there is a possibility that we could have lost every game too. Even the Duquesne game, we really could have lost. I mean, we, they out, they outgained us. us. Yeah. They had 200 yards. They had way yards more, double us. the yards. Yeah. They had double yeah. our yards and we still beat them by two scores too. So, you know, you got to pick six, <laughs> you know, those things are just crazy. Haven't you ever just wanted to experience SoFi Stadium, the building, the atmosphere, the electricity, but just didn't want to deal with the parking and all the planning that went along with it? Well, that's why Hawaii Sports Fans is here. We got the best tickets, the best seats for you. Plus, we got your transportation, we got your parking, we got all the little pilikia that you don't want to worry about. Let us deal with all that humbug because that's the difference at Hawaii Sports Fans from any other company is that we're going to get you that fan experience that you really can't get anywhere else. It's going to be a private experience. It's going to be a lot of VIP amenities, of course, wherever we go, because you are the VIP when you come with white sports fans. Uh, but we just want you to make a memory and have fun. And that's the most important thing. You're going to put that money down. We want you to have fun and have something to look back on and reflect on for the rest of your life. So check us out, hisportsfans.com, hisportsfans.com, or check us out on social media at hisportsfans on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Hawaii Sports Fans. Come find us. Come connect with us and come join us on the road because there's really, really nothing like it. We've been doing it for 10 years now and it just keeps getting better. As fans, we have that right. And we, we, we can have that opinion because that's what makes us fans. We don't take anything away from this team except the love and the pain and the joy and the agony that comes from being fans. So with that being said, it's important that we talk about the difference between being a fan and being someone connected to the program and whether in a space um, like a Facebook group, those that identify other than fans, perhaps connected to the program via marriage or something else. So like a spouse? <laughs> you know, the point is fans have always shared their feelings on the internet. And for that's what us, Facebook is for, for sharing mm -hmm. how you feel about stuff, especially like fan forums. What's like, social media mm -hmm. in general, social media yes. in general, you know, mm -hmm. and, and to it's be honest, and, and if people are venting, it's fine. You can mute them or not. That's what but it's for. Specifically groups, you know, are for when groups specifically are for fans, particularly those are a space and, maybe even a safe space. It should be a safe space. And we've tried to create a safe space for at least within a certain warrior nation group mm -hmm. uh, for all fans. And the, the, the group that I'm referencing is a warrior nation group and, and Facebook that is run by Tom Kitaguchi, not it's, just run by him. It's the biggest UH group out and, there, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's the biggest yeah, UH group of fans. It's the, biggest, the, long, one, it's yeah. the largest Facebook group for Hawaii fans for sure. Um, and Tom is somebody that also buys tickets for road games and has a fund. More importantly, the Warrior Fund. 
Ed Tom um, helped to, to found, you know, he generates a lot of support, financial support for that fund via this group. Uh-huh. So with that being said, though, this group is still a fan group. It is a fundraiser for Tom as well. It is a way to get tickets, which would be for fans because that's who would be using the tickets. And by fans, uh-huh. let me say again, fans are those who are supporters of the team, period, end of story. So we're not going to go outside of that definition. But definitely, if you're a fan, um, that is paying to go to games, paying to watch a TV, paying to for a ticket, paying to travel. Not only are you a fan, you are adding up additional charges on behalf of the team. And I mean, this is pretty obvious to people now. If I haven't missed a game in seven years, I have put up a lot of charges on my own tab. And that's just me as one fan, but several of our fans have as well. Um, and that's not something that, and that's only something I bring up because. That is the fan sacrifice that um, I, I think it goes a lot unseen by people. Um, you know, LAFC, we were our fans in MLS. We were accused in our first year of being paid by the team to go on our trips. Oh. And that was a thing. Wow. That was something that was like an actual rumor going around Major League Soccer that was that people really, truly believed. And um it's like people thinking that Wayne Cueto is a rich person or his parents are rich. Holy cow. Some people have met my dad already. That's would be funny. <laughs> um, and only if you met my dad, you would know that's funny, but no, we are not rich people. And I'm, I'm glad I have my parents support and I'm, I'm happy that they get to join me on, on a lot of these trips, but um, it's not something that was, that I've been a part of. Um, you know, tra- that's a lot of time and effort and sacrifice on your part. You know, that's that's a and lot. It's not of just me, and I you know. And then there's a lot of people that fly, and there's a lot of people going. Right. So, and that's the point. Being a fan, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do those things. Just being supportive. That's at the end of the day, just being a supporter is a fan. So right. I'm I'm just saying that some of yeah. us do make additional sacrifices, but even mm-hmm. at that end of the day, we don't use that as leverage over other people. In terms of an opinion, in terms of having their opinion, especially in this group, be amplified or brought down. Nobody ever says, I've never been in this group and ever said, oh, I go to all these games, therefore you should listen to me. Hey, sometimes that thought goes through my head. But at the same time, (laughs) I mean, no, I don't. You should. (laughs) the, the, The fact is, being a fan, you can say what you want, you know, and you can say what you want, especially if you're not personally attacking somebody yeah. and making, you know, remarks that are just non sequitur offhanded and just cruel or mean. And people know what that people, everyone can identify what that is, what kind of comic that is. But within our group, we do not just have fans. We have people who call themselves fans, but also wear many hats such mm-hmm. as, you know, coaches, players, administrators, mm-hmm. and those who are relatives uh, spouses of administrators who believe that they, that's a hat as well, which it's not, it's a fake hat. Um, but a lot of wives, spouses in general are in the group and, and truly do believe that their opinion is more important because of their, and, and whether they, they want to admit that or not, because they'll probably never admit that. I'll say that because of the way that a lot of them present within the group. Uh-huh. And in particular, um, you know, it's pretty obvious who we're referencing in terms of the spouse of a certain um athletic administrator at UH, Uh but at the same time, you know, she also has her right to an opinion. Absolutely. But -hmm. where she oversteps and where a lot of people overstep when they're in a fan space is that they believe that they can police the space because of who they are. And that is um, something that we need to talk about on a podcast because, you know, it's just not talk about enough in general. And it's something that we live with as admins and just full disclosure in this group, uh, Ryan, I don't know if you're an admin, Sean. Yeah. I mean, yep. I'm not I'm an admin. admin. I'm not. I no. mean, I, Ryan and I are, are admins. And to be honest, I, I, I have, I was never, I was never told I was even given that title. I was just <laughs> made an admin at some point, which uh, on behalf of just being who I am, which is fine. But, I don't want to police either. I'm not there to police, but obviously if people are coming, are going to ask for um, intervention in some way, I don't mind, um, you know, interceding or whatever. But when there are people that are trying to police because um, they feel like 
there's criticism being levied against someone that they're married to or related to. And that's not just the spouse of an athletics administrator. That could be the cousin of a player. That could mm-hmm. be the sister of a coach. Mm-hmm. And who are all in there. All three of those examples are present in the Facebook group. Right. But those people need to realize that they'll they're fans. They are fans just like everyone else. That's your that's your role in the group is to be a fan. So don't personally attack each other, but know that no one is above anyone else. Even the admins, we don't we don't t- remove people's opinions. And believe me, there are a lot of crazy opinions in that group that are there. Well, there is a line. So, and sometimes it does get yeah. crossed. So. You know, and Ryan a, has been good at critical. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a line between, you know, being critical of, you know, a play versus a personal attack. You know, like earlier, yes. like when I was like, hey, you know, Caleb Phil's friend is, you know, shorter around, right? That's being critical mm-hmm. of a play. I'm not going to say anything yeah. bad about him. I'm sure he's a great yeah. kid, you know, all that stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, I've had like my buddy from high school, you know, he was the kicker for Alabama with that kick six. And he was getting oh, death threats and he was right. like, he had to delete all social media. And like, I, I, I didn't get a message back, but I just sent him a quick message like, dude, I'm so sorry, you know, reach out because, you know, if you need anything, you know, I know we haven't talked in a couple of years, but like, you know, because we have our, you know, brotherhood from high school and stuff like that. But like, that's an obvious no, no. And, you know, I was brought on as admin a couple of years ago and, and really it was just like, you know, just kind of figure out entry into the group because we had a lot of spam going on, you know, there's tons of, you know, hundreds mm. of thousands of fake profiles. So we're trying to get rid of that. Um, that's why we have like our questions and stuff. And then it was just like getting rid of some of the duplicates. You know, we have a lot of people who just, and and you guys probably don't see, sure, Sean, you probably don't see it in the background, but like, you know, Hawaii, the box score, right? It gets shared yeah. five times because everyone just shares it and doesn't realize that other people shared in the group. So There's another kinda, thread. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind of cleaning up some of that and, and but that's our goal as admins. Like we're not there to police. And, and you know we do have a lot of conversations in the background. Like is this okay? And you know or is it not? So you know you start calling other people names. We've deleted some of those comments. If you start saying you know why well, think this because of this play or whatever, you know even if it's bad, we'll still kind of keep it because that's the critical side versus the personal attack. And well, you know what we've deemed as admins. And you know Wayne had that post. Uh, I think that was before the game. Just kind yeah, of there. The hey, this yeah. is what yeah. here. Um, but that's exactly what we were saying. We we're like, hey, it's okay to be critical. You know, we're not obviously we don't want, you know, we're not gonna say, hey, you know, death threats or any, you know, type of harm, that's gotta be out of it for sure. And and that was kind of some of the issues that you know people were reporting that, you know, saying certain things were vulgar and you know, they're hating on the person, and and that's where they really weren't as far as what we've kind of did mean in, you know, we're not we're not hardcore gods or anything like that in this group, right? We're just admins in a Facebook group on social media. And, you know, we're not, we're not this Elon Musk trying to like, you know, protect freedom <laughs> of speech or whatever. Right. Um, right. But you know, that, and that's the thing we've left a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I had, uh, there was just, yeah, some comments are just, you know, calling names or we just kind of deleted those real quick and not a big deal. Um, well, yeah, I, go kinda, back, I go back to what happened last year when, you know, with, the, the old coach's wife, you know, she, she mm. felt like her husband was being attacked. So she kind of came out and de- to defend him. And I think this recent threat is it's along the same lines. Whereas yeah. Yeah. I think, I think in that sense, you kind of have to just kind of grin and bear it. Like you, yeah, you can go to bat for them, but there, there comes a point. It's like, you know, dude's making a lot of money and it's apparent that something's wrong. So, you, you know, you just kind of need to mm-hmm. like, Take it. Or, Especially or when it's away. very mild. I, I mean, yeah. and I think people don't understand the culture of Hawaii versus the rest of the 49 other United States is much different yeah. in terms of sports media. And we talk about this all the time. This is why the, a podcast like this is important because we are not bounded by the fear that comes like local media feel when they can't say something. And, and we still stay very nice. Honestly, we still, I mean, we, you know, we, we want to make nice, obviously, as much as we can we in Hawaii. Tread lightly the in the time. tulip patch. <laughs> yes, we tread very lightly. But at the same time, though, it, it doesn't help. It never did help Hawaii. I mean, you know, and then people in Hawaii love to turn on things, uh, obviously, after the fact. 
Um, then they yes, that is a guys. very Hawaii thing. After after the coach is gone, then everyone's critical of him. It's like you know, it's yeah, like, exactly. well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but rough. in this instance, the point is, you know, f- free speech is one thing, and obviously, you can always there are always consequences of free speech. So we're not in any way do we tolerate you know any kind of you know, like like derogatory violent, derogatory yeah. like. Yeah. Right. Uh, nothing ever gets to that point yet at the same time it has been met mild criticism has been met by not only families like sean saying going to bat for their husbands or cousins or fathers or brothers it's been these people going to admin and asking for people to be removed which is like mm-hmm. terrible yeah. which is like that really is, yeah. cringy and uncouth quite mm-hmm. frankly um and the this thing is, is and the thing is but the, the thing, thing is, is to make a request like that <laughs> assumes a lot uh, about themselves and about really a power that they believe that they have and the issue with hawaii for the longest time is that we are so averse to talking about poor leadership and talking mm-hmm. openly about it, that we let it fester in Hawaii. Fester, yeah. And in Hawaii, obviously, when it comes to politics, in Hawaii, we have let a lot go for years because no one's willing to speak out about it, and it just entrenches. And that's has moved over to every part of culture in terms of leadership. And when it comes to especially taxpayer-funded positions, people should feel comfortable being able to speak openly and people should be able to. Um, and this spouse of a certain admin- administrator even called out a poster for not being from Hawaii, which was crazy because most of our team, a lot of our team, a lot of our alums are not from Hawaii. Um, yeah. Our AD is also not from Hawaii. So very strange, right? Um, that somebody would say something like that. And it doesn't matter because that, that <laughs> isn't a part of our requirements. We never said you had to be from Hawaii to be a What fan. high school you went, bro? Yeah, it has nothing to do. <laughs> the thing that people don't realize in Hawaii, we want to see local kids stay home and we want to see local people thrive. But we mm-hmm. also just want people to accept our culture. And if they choose to play for us or choose to coach for us or choose to be administrator for us, that you also accept her culture, regardless of where you're from. And that's been something that obviously Rolo knew and Jim Donovan knew. And Mm -hmm. quite frankly, a lot of white people that never lived in Hawaii or in diverse places before, but came to Hawaii and immediately felt that same warmth uh, or an, uh, a foreign kind of warmth because they didn't ever realize that they could live in a harmonious place like Hawaii. Okay. Not always harmonious, but in a place where Aloha is mainstream. It's something that is ingrained in all of us, regardless. We lead of, with Aloha. With, regardless I, of where we come from. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that makes us unique is, and that's why people don't speak out is because we kind of, the island is so small and everyone knows everybody and it, we're all connected in some kind of way mm-hmm. that it's hard to criticize because there's those connections. So, and that's what makes us unique. And that's, that's the challenge to it too. It's a big challenge. Like Wayne was saying, I mean, the culture, and even when you look at our our Facebook group here, you know, you look at any other, I mean, mid-major P5 school, they don't have access like we do. You know, there's no way you can talk to a coach, a coach's wife. They're so, you know, high up on some mountain under like, you know, but behind a security guard and gates. Right. And, And to have this contact with, you know, even the players and the players' families, like everyone's just so separated, you know, for certain reasons, with, you know, security and whatnot and all this. And and that's where you have this tricky scenario where you're trying to figure out, you know, what you can do and can't do and how to work. And, you know, there is like, you know, you guys are saying that no one really wants to criticize as much uh, right now. And that's what's hard too. You know, yeah. you know, coaches have a tricky thing right now because they're trying to see, you know, you, you've got to build the program and this culture back up a little bit. You've got to get everyone hyped up again. And that was kind of cool to see, you know, bring it back to the game a little bit. Like, I know we were down two scores. The game is kind of over. But, you know, those guys on the sidelines, they were together as a family. They were cheering. They were yelling. They were doing stuff. And, you know, there were a decent amount of smiles after the game, which, 
you kind of have to build back. And I think, you know, a lot of credit to the coaches for doing that. I mean, yes. me, if I lost the game, I am pissed off for like a day. Like, talk to me tomorrow. You know, like, mm. I'm going to go home and, you know, just kind of rot to myself. But, you know, and that's what's tricky because you have this contact, right? You have, you know, like I said, yeah, players, players, families in this culture of, of Hawaii, uh, you know, we're not as much as far as like expecting like, oh, it's, it's a, hey, good try. Or, you know, it's, that's mm-hmm. the Hawaii thing, right? It's never, you know, you look at other schools and they're like, if you don't win, you're out. Like if you don't win eight games, your coach is out, you know, because they right. expect. A Ohio State's coach is his record is about 57 and five. And they were like calling for his head after oh, the Michigan game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, yes, That's it was Michigan, yeah. but at the end of the day, not to, not to, that was not supposed to be a pun, but he <laughs> has been extremely successful. Like those numbers right, right. do not lie. Right. Um, but those fans have a right to their opinion, even if it's kind of insane. And they also have a right to, you know, be call a spade a spade. Yeah, call a spade a spade. Exactly. Yeah. And do it on yes. social media, do it on whatever. Mm-hmm. People going Ryan Day, we're going to, you know, you know, they're making threats to him or on his family or something. And that's different. And those things and those, like you said, the Alabama, your friend, that's way different. That is next level. And that would be require intervention. Um, And so save that victim blaming, which might have been that phrase itself might have been used in a certain thread um, and on in that Facebook group. Um, mm-hmm. Warrior Nation Hawaii football. I, now, <laughs> I encourage people to join if they are curious. <laughs> We're gonna get like fifty requests for the group, and like <laughs> when this after this starts. But, but the but thing no, is, think, yeah. No, I was gonna say I think we should actually be more critical, and and, and a critical yep. to a certain degree. Like I said, it's critical and not a personal attack. But we do need to expect more. Uh, you know, of our coaching staff, of our players, of the administration, and I think. You know, us on this podcast, you know, shout out to Shane as well. I don't know if we did give him a shout out, but Malo had not yet. Um, uh, oh, we have know, to shout out Fuchsia we, just because, yeah. you know, we have to shout her out. But yeah, yeah. shout out Fuchsia. But, you know, I think we need to be because, you know, we're not here, you know, and as close as all of us have kind of gotten even to like Timmy, we go three and 10 for two more years. Yeah, we're going to be calling for something different. That right? was okay for this year. The bar gets raised next year. Yeah. Right. You Absolutely. Know, and, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be ready for that because, you Why know, we, ha- we have to be oh. fair and we are always fair. Um, but at the same time, Timmy does need to feel heat. He does because he needs to be challenged to be better as a coach as well. Obviously, he's there. Obviously, he feels emotion. Obviously, he wants these things, but it's a different from wanting and showing that you can do it at this level. And I think um, that's why I said after our first year, I'm not going to be extra critical of Timmy. Like we've, we've been yeah. critical enough of him. I think on yeah. the show, yeah. I don't think the media has been critical enough, but you know, at the same time, they understand the sensitive situation, but they need to start to question, you know, plays like we are and questioning decisions like we are game time mm-hmm. decisions, because that improves our team. That improves our culture. We don't get better by accepting like Ryan is saying, we're not, we're, it's about accepting something lower and being and really feeling that that's what you deserve because in hawaii that's really a prevailing notion right like oh we're hawaii we deserve this like we're not supposed to be one of those like like our goal as fans our goal as hosts of this podcast are to help the team get better their program and not just the team the program elevate and the program only Mm -hmm. elevates when we point out how we can improve and everything that we pointed out everything we talk about on the show we also give a solution to as well so that's the difference because um, it's not like Hawaii is facing insurmountable issues and problems that are so unprecedented on the national level or even a local level that there is no solution inside for them. And we should just accept that we are Hawaii and have to deal with it. Like, no, yeah. that's such a, that it's mentality is stuff. so, yeah, it's cringy mm-hmm. again. And so honest, sadly local and on point mm-hmm. and checks out for local mentality. But the sad part is like, that's never going to be, it's never going to be helpful to UH. It's never going to be helpful to the perception that people have of UH that they have of our program, because there's so much to be proud of, of our program. There's so much to work, build off of. But the fact is we are letting so much else 
uh, overshadow that. And I mean, obviously there is a lot um, compounded issues that the, the school was not prepared for. And, and maybe, and I don't like the phrase couldn't see coming because I could, you could see a lot of things coming. People are like, yeah. they, how would they know? Yeah, they would know. Anybody that's been in yeah. the stadium know. in the yeah. last 30 years, we know the time was going to come. So that's the kind of thing like those, those kind of, those kind of comments are not helpful to our program at all. Um, especially when people are like, Oh, you don't say those things. Like, no, no, we need more. And Ryan's right. We need to be yeah. more. And hopefully that's something we can commit to. And hopefully that group can be something we can commit to too, is being a more leveled group. Cause I think that would help with fans that are not as savvy as it, when it comes to, um, you know, just a healthy, robust conversation around one's program because those people usually believe that everything has to be positive or, you know, it's game over. And that's just not true. It's toxic positivity. Yeah. Toxic positivity is toxic. Participation trophy culture. Exactly. And that is, that is the ultimate participation trophy Mm -hmm. culture on this program. We're going to continue to fight for the fans. We're going to continue to fight uh, for the people that, you know, don't ever get their opinion really out there because they feel intimidated or they feel like Mm -hmm. it's not enough. But at the end of the day, this is our program as Hawaii fans. It's our program. It really, and people need to take ownership and be stakeholders, but Mm -hmm. we're going to keep talking about this all along for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, here at Rainbow Rap, we're gonna keep it real, we're gonna keep doing this. So come join us, hisportsfans.com. Be a part of our mailing list. Come on tour with us in 2023. Um, uh, we just had a great Black Friday special. We'll have some more deals coming as well. Um, we had some shout out to those who took advantage of last week's Black Friday special, which <laughs> Ryan initiated on this show by tell by asking me, and people did take advantage of it. So I'm so excited yes. to have them with us on tour in 2023 Hawaii men's volleyball Hawaii football NFL definitely some major league baseball again in there it's going to be a whole year action packed in 2023 but mahalo for joining us for this whole 2022 season we're going to keep this going stay subscribed wherever you get your podcast at the Hawaii Sports Fans channel um, podbean.com uh, Spotify Apple all of the different places that have podcasts guess what we're there too so Make sure you subscribe so you get that notification every time we get a new episode. Uh, Mahalo for joining us as well. Ryan again this week. And Sean always. Go Bows. Go Bows. See you next week. Go Bows. Rainbow Wrap-Up is sponsored by Hawaii Sports Fans. Come join us for every UH football game on the road at hisportsfans.com.